Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com with another one of these 101 videos on another issue that tends to come up a lot in conversation, and that is the term equality. Now, basically what I want to do in this video audio is discuss what's sort of the, the, the framework of this argument, like what are people talking about when they say equality, inequality, and what are the different uh, ways of thinking about it so you can have a more robust conversation on it and understand sort of how many libertarians think about it. So... Oftentimes, the word equality just means everyone kind of having the same or close to the same. But equality could be of a bunch of different things. Equality of justice, equality of opportunity, equality of income, equality of wealth, um, equality of anything. Okay? The problem is, the thing about equality is that finding creating equality in one thing creates inequality in other things. Okay? So, um, for example... If I were to have two cups, three cups filled with water, and I were to try to create equality between two of the cups of water and rearrange the water between the three cups, the third cup now has a more unequal amount of water versus the three cups. Um, probably a better way of stating that is just that everything is interrelated in real life. So generally, when you tinker around with one thing, it tends to offset another. So... Every time you try to engineer equality in one aspect, you, you engineer inequality in another aspect. But oftentimes in modern contexts, uh, when people use the term equality, they're referring to the term uh, wealth inequality or income inequality. And there is a difference. Um, when, you, when people talk about wealth, what they're talking about is net worth. So basically assets minus liabilities versus income. So if you had a million dollars worth of stuff, but you owed $900,000, your net worth would be $100,000. That would be your wealth. So wealth is not an annual thing. It's not the money you made this year. It's what you have overall. While income is generally thought of as what you made in a year. So income inequality, people could have the same wealth, but they may be having differing very, uh, levels of income throughout the year. So that's, that's what they generally mean when they're talking about like income and wealth equality. And the reason why people say that this matters is for a variety of reasons. Um, one is for political reasons, saying that you know if there's huge economic disparities, those who are sort of on the positive end of these disparities might have more economic, not just more economic power, but more political power. So they will have much more control over government, government process, because they can fund candidates, they can kind of determine who has influence, all these kind of factors. So that's one of the considerations. Two, that it impairs social cohesion. That what happens is that people oftentimes don't judge their position in life by their absolute position. They judge it by the relative position of their peers okay so you might have you see poor societies where people say they're happier um theoretically because basically who they see sort of where they see is the upper rung of their community where they see their possible range at isn't as far so there isn't this sort of oh i'm so far away from where i can be kind of kind of dynamic so that's part of it so they'll say you know people will generally be the theory is that people will be happier because if even if they're not at the top how far the top is won't necessarily be as depressing in a sense, which, you know, it's a fluffy way of thinking about it. And then uh, three is that there's just something immoral about uh, inequality in itself. Just sort of it's just inherently immoral. Uh, that's something I buy into a lot, lot less.
Now, the question is, there's one, is inequality in itself causing these things? Is inequality the, the, the product of a free market? Because a lot of times people who are sort of, who harp on the idea of inequality as sort of an ill that we must fight are often saying this is the natural thing about free markets, okay? Free markets uh, create inequality because what's going to happen is just some people are going to do better and then they're going to use that extra economic power to accumulate political power and continue to drive that, that wedge over time. So in that case, you somehow need to use the political process to redistribute it, although uh, that seems circular because... If that is the case, then the people who are in control of the political process are the people who have the most to gain from the status quo, so it would be really hard to use the political process to fix it. So it's a really uh, granular way, but again, there's a lot of nuance there. So the question is sort of, is inequality something that you want to fix? Why is it? Why is it happening? Um, and what are the, what's the right way to measure inequality? Because if you're measuring wealth inequality or income inequality, are you measuring it pre-tax, meaning how much money, wealth, or income people have before they pay their taxes, or post-tax, because the inequality will look different pre- and post-tax. And looking at it a different way, we'll come up with different solutions, because if you're focusing on pre-tax inequality, then you're going to be more concerned with policy regarding how people generate their income and trying to sit there and really kind of engineer how people make the day-to-day decisions to result in a sort of a more equal distribution. If you're focusing on post-tax inequality, then you're going to probably be more fixated on on basically rigging the tax system so that way those who have more incomes get flattened out in the tax process. Uh, and what I've seen from people who sort of think about that, who really, really kind of like really want to use government policy to engineer inequality, a lot of times they feel so frustrated with the political process, with the economic and political power imbalances in the political process that they believe that post-tax is a solution, saying, you know what, some people are just going to do better, so we just need to flatten them out in the tax code. Uh, Other people are a little less cynical, and they say, you know what, we can engineer a better society that just gives people more, so what we just need to do is create this rule here, um, create this rule here, and that'll make sure that, you know, people make less money there, and people make more money here, and those are the people who are like, let's make a higher minimum wage here, let's create, you know more labor negotiations here, rules that punish people who, you know, are paid too much out of the average. Those those are sort of like the post-tax inequality people. The pre-tax inequality people are more like, well, let's just tax all the people who make too much a lot and we'll create inequality in other ways or, or equality in other ways. We'll just say that extra money they pay will just fund the welfare state and we'll, we'll give people sort of a boost to their overall quality of life by providing them with healthcare education by taxing the people who just are have too much that's the mindset of the people who are sort of on that side of the debate although this i think to me flies with one big contradiction it's assuming that inequality is an outcome that is created by natural market processes which is something that i personally i challenge that idea which then challenges all those assumptions and the need for policy because if you understand economics what's the basic idea generally if there's a market if there's like a so let's say you have a business a new business someone comes up with some new industry some new product they're generally going to have a higher profit margin why because there's no competition because they're the first ones to do it and they're going to make a lot of money but not for long 
because then what happens is that once everyone sees that that's a profitable product, everyone's going to try to create a competing product. And they'll do it by creating a better product, by creating a cheaper product. And this begin this competition over time shrinks the that profit margin. That profit margin acts as an incentive for people to enter that market until basically the profit margin isn't big enough to incentivize any further entrance. It's just you're not making enough money to to bear the cost of entering that market. Some people still will because they just really want to be in that business, but they're going to struggle. So basically, if people are free to do what they want economically, what's going to happen is that anywhere where there's sort of a fat profit margin is going to incentivize people to take the time, make the investment to try to go for that. So to the extent that those profit margins don't dissipate over time, it must be because there's some sort of barrier to competition. And when you take a look and you examine the ways that people can increase their lot in life, you see exactly that. I mean, basically, for people to – this is where the idea of mobility comes in, okay? The ability of not just being able to do better but do worse, okay? And they are related, okay? Things that prevent some people from doing better are going to prevent other people from being able to fall behind because it prevents competition. So you really want free market mobility upward and downward, so to explain is that basically people can get upward mobility in kind of three main ways. They can they can work, which means they're going to need certain uh, skills to go into certain industries. Okay, and but the problem is nowadays you have a lot of licensing requirements. I think it's like now more than one third of all jobs require some sort of license from either state, local, or federal government. And what that means is that there's a higher cost to joining that industry. So someone has to take six months out of their life, no income, so that way they can study, pass a test, go through all sorts of other uh, steps in order to go into an industry where they might be able to improve their income, which means if, they, if they're in the people who could most use that opportunity, the poorest people aren't going to be able to afford that, so they end up not being able to take advantage of those opportunities because of the cost of attaining the license. So people who are in the middle or above, they can probably afford the time, the investment. It still sucks. But they can afford it so they can pursue and jump into that labor market, but allows those higher wage labor markets to pretty much be kind of protected to sort of middle upper class. And that's going to create inequality because the poorest aren't going to be able to get any better. And those higher wages are going to be protected to those who already have higher wages. So that's sort of in labor markets. Then there is investment. Okay, um, This has been somewhat reformed a little bit with the Jobs Act. But bottom line is a lot of companies, after a law called Sarbanes-Oxley in 2002, companies in their earliest stages, when you have the most to gain from investing in them, became something that only private, accredited, rich investors could buy. And really nobody else. So basically all the best investment opportunities were only available to the wealthy. And those who could most use those sort of great economic opportunities, even though they are risky, um, the poorest could not invest. So basically, that ability to grow your wealth was limited as well. So your ability to grow through the labor market, the, your ability to grow through um, investment, and then third, your ability to grow uh, through entrepreneurship. With all the taxes and regulations on businesses, startup costs for a business are more than ever the cost of accountants, lawyers, just to get the, the state paperwork, just to get the process started is so high that if you're very poor or you're the poorest, Basically, starting a business, even if you have a great idea, is kind of out of reach unless you bring in other people 
and you may not necessarily have the facility, the, 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 the business knowledge at this point to be able to know how to go about that. Okay, so again, that, that's going to make it where people in the middle and up are going to have access to those opportunities that uh, the poorest will not be able to access because you've increased the cost of opportunity so much. So by increasing the cost of opportunity through policy, that creates inequality because the richer keep getting richer because the opportunities, the barriers of opportunities are not very high for them. But if you're poor, the barriers of opportunity just keep getting higher and higher and higher as government regulates and taxes in the name of protecting the poor, um, creating that, that gap. So then, because that's what's preventing that competition that causes those margins to shrink uh, when you think about it economically. So in that case, you're going to do much more to combat inequality by getting rid of those, those barriers into those areas. Same time as you can also take a look at uh, the effects of lending policy and, 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 and monetary policy in creating inequality. So when we talk about lending policy, meaning subsidizing housing loans, subsidizing education loans, what does that do? It dries up the prices of housing. It dries up the prices of education, which means following generations are going to have to take out larger loans earlier in their life, which means even if they do get a decent income, more and more of their income is going to be dedicated to servicing that debt, plus supporting a higher cost of living in all other areas because of taxes and regulations. So it creates, so it creates a problem, uh, creating exasperating inequality. So lending programs, basically channeling, more, channeling purchasing power in a particular good, housing or education, to rise up the cost, which then creates more sort of erosion of income and well-being for future generations. Okay? And then the final monetary policy, where basically, where basically, if you have monetary policy that tends to be, that always skews on the side of easy, which is typically the case, uh, for a variety of reasons. So it's always easier to ease monetary policy than it is to tighten from a political sense. Uh, you know, no one wants to be that person who tightens policy and causes a recession. Everybody wants to be that guy who loosens policy and sees, hey, a market rally. But what happens is that when you loosen policy excessively, you do a couple different things. One. Uh, a lot of times, as you erode the money supply, or basically you erode the value of money, you're going to increase the value of assets and decrease the value of wages. And generally, if you're poor, most of your wealth is made up in wages. But if you're wealthier, middle class, probably most of your wealth is made up in assets. So you're going to accrue more benefit out of loose monetary policy than someone in the lower end who basically their only wealth is maybe some cash savings that they have that's now been devalued. But at the same time, you create more booms and busts. And oftentimes, that's also going to hit people who are the poorest the hardest because they're going to have the less resources to actually like defend themselves during the crisis. So you, so that's also going to create economic volatility that's going to hurt poor people more. And it's all these things going to create inequality because what's going to happen is that when you have that sort of deep boom and bust cycle, during the bust, when everything is going down, rich people lose money too, but they're still going to have some money to buy up all the lower-priced assets and really take advantage of the boom when, we, when it recovers, while the poor is just, they're just decimated. So all these things, whether it's policy towards wages, towards entrepreneurship, towards investment, whether it's lending policy, whether it's monetary policy, all exasperate inequality. And getting government out of the way seems to make more sense in sort of addressing inequality than any of the things that I talked about before, that people who are pro-government, proactive action towards inequality uh, champion. And again, some inequality is good. 
okay in the sense that if someone makes more money like programmers who make more money that creates an incentive for people to invest the time and money in uh going to become a programmer because it is takes time it's a lot of work and unless there's a reward for that work people aren't going to be incentivized to take that to, to move into the areas that the economy needs to progress forward and then if you tax it Okay, so if you allow those incomes and then you just tax it away, well, you're still eroding that income because people don't think in, oh, my pre-tax income, they think in what they get to keep in their bank account versus their cost of living. So you end up distorting who's going to invest and to learn what skills and could starve the economy of the skills that are needed. Okay, and then it's, and then if you make low, or basically, I wouldn't say low skill, but jobs that are not or skills that are not in demand, priced more than they would be through like minimum wages then you're going to distract people to specialize in areas that they don't need this that the economy doesn't need and you're going to create surpluses where they don't need to be you're going to distort how people invest their time their knowledge or education and even if they can retrain later you've just lost time so there's a huge cost to tinkering around with sort of uh, the wages of different jobs so hopefully this allowed you to think more about wages about inequality about tax policy we covered a lot in this video thank you guys very much have a great day and enjoy you can always learn more at libertarian101.com find everything that i do over there at alexmerced.com have a great day and enjoy